0: On this episode of Uniquely Milwaukee, we decided to do things a bit differently. I teamed up with Kim Shine, Hyphen's production manager, and we tag-teamed taking on Milwaukee Films and Black Lens Cultures and Communities Festival. And we took this very seriously. I mean, films and events were highlighted, schedules were made on our calendars, and we met up to talk about our experiences that goes beyond films and community events. This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fatayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. So Kim, I learned about MKE Film when I was in high school. I took a film class and we had this high school screening and just going to local film festivals became part of my angsty teenage identity that still carries on through adulthood. But I learned about their Cultures and Communities festivals fairly recently. But how about you? How did you hear about this? So I have known about this.
1: Ever since I moved to Milwaukee, I've been obsessed with Milwaukee film and especially Black Lens. Uh, I love movies just in general. So to know that we had a film festival in the larger part of the city, but then also it's broken down into different cultures and different Mm -hmm. communities to know we have those specific festivals, too. And it's,
0: it's, for the most part, very accessible. I was on it. From day one, the 2022 Cultures and Communities Festival happened September 14th through the 18th, Wednesday through Sunday, and it was packed with films, music, community events, after parties, and workout classes. Kim, I see that you have a booklet right in front of you. Was there a screening or event that caught your eye that you went to?
1: Yes, the first <laughs> one, the very first one, and, I, and as you know, I've gone to, and I, I guess I went to so many events, but the very first one was Jay Alphonse. He is the actor. From P Valley that is on Stars, I believe. If you have not seen P Valley, it is an amazing show, beautifully shot, well acted, well written, deserves so
0: many awards. Got an and Emmy so- though, correct? <laughs> That's awesome. How was that event? Because I know you went to that one. I did not. He was he was great and his character
1: his character is a rapper who is also kind of in the closet with his sexuality he's comfortable with who he is but because he's a rapper you know that being in hip-hop and being in that scene homosexuality really isn't accepted so he's a a straight man he's heterosexual in real life Uh, he's married he's got Mm -hmm. kids and so he really talked about allyship and just saying that how in his own personal life he knows people who may not be in in hip-hop or in music But he knows people who can't necessarily be themselves because of societal pressures. Mm -hmm. And he was just saying that it feels great to be able to, through storytelling, actually get their side out and just, yeah, again, be an ally for them in that community.
0: You know, storytelling is a mirror. We connect with things from our own experience. Um, And I know that this event, you know, the conversation covered sexual intimacy and mental health in black communities. But was there any conversation about the ethics of a cis straight man playing a character that is gay, that is queer? And I know that there's this like larger conversation in film and TV about how those roles should go to people um, of the LGBT plus community. And then the idea of queer baiting. I actually wouldn't say that
1: this role is taking anything from the LGBTQ space because this is, well, one, because there there is a character who is trans or queer on there, and J. Alphonse's character is in love with that mm. character. So it's, it's blended very nicely. But as far as his character, specifically Lil' Murder, um, Lil' Murder is, I think... He represents someone who's kind of in that questioning space or just in that space and and can't be fully themselves. And I think anyone who has ever felt that way could play that part or Mm -hmm. anyone who is compassionate to someone who has felt that way can play that part. And the question that you're asking, the direct question wasn't asked, but she did, Dr. Shaniqua Roach, who uh, talked with him, she did ask him just how was it to play Mm -hmm. this kind of role just in general. And he said that, you know, in addition to being an ally, ally, he learned just so much, just so much more than he knew just about the LGBT community and also just how um, heterosexual and homosexual lifestyles kind of blend Mm -hmm. in society. So he's learning and he's he's out here saying, "Hey, I'm I'm here to speak for for folks who feel like they can't be heard." How was your experience though? What did, what um, did you like?
0: Thank you for asking. Um You know, since we're talking about the events portion, I went to two workout classes. And I loved that it infused your body and your mind and your soul. Um, Out of the two, they were both very great and like kicked my ass. But I really, really loved the spin class with Spin MKE so much that I even made a membership uh, to continue on this fitness journey. This year, I really honed in on my fitness and um you know, overall health uh, journey. I've been going on a lot of walks and I've been watching what I've been eating. And I just felt like I needed to up the game a little bit, step it up. So when I saw that this was on, it's a free class, let me try something different in a new studio and see how it goes. And to be completely honest, uh, I I sometimes don't feel connected with my body. I, I kind of feel alien to it. But I left that class feeling so strong and connected. And I also felt immensely grateful to be able-bodied, to do these high-intensity workouts and really push my spot. But the sweet spot was the atmosphere. I walked in alone, did it alone, and I felt so accepted. But and I want
1: to say, I want to note that yeah. the SPIN, the owner of the SPIN studio and even your instructor
0: Black. Yeah. You know, it was such a diverse crowd and it's not even just like race and gender, gender, but body sizes. I can't tell you how many times I walk into a studio and I, I just don't feel like I belong. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should have waited until I was thinner. I'm not strong enough. I just, I don't quite fit in. Uh, but we were all there on a Friday evening to do this one thing. And I think, you know, creating that type of accepting space is intentional and you can tell when it's truly welcoming. And even the instructor, uh, I, you know, I went into this weight loss fitness journey. Uh, to lose weight and to look good naked um, and everything she was saying to like hype us up was just so it was beyond just the physical body and I, I left there you know really wanting to become stronger and that made me feel good but we didn't just go to events we went to see movies as well and one thing that I really do love about Milwaukee Film and Cultures and Communities Festival is is that the inclusive filmmaking happens locally as well. This year the festival had two films that had local filmmakers. The Exchange in White America, Kakana and King 50 Years Later. The director was Joanne Williams, and also the film When Claude Got Shot, directed by Brad Lichtenstein. I saw um, The Exchange in White America. And
1: how was that? Because that was that was a Wisconsin
0: story. You yes. know a, a, part of it was here in, in, in Milwaukee, but this was Wisconsin. You know, I had no idea that that happened in our history. The film takes us back to 1966 around the civil rights era and follows two schools. One of the school is from Milwaukee, Rufus King High, and the other one is all the way in Kakana, a hundred miles north of Milwaukee in Kakana High. And this all took place because of a play titled In White America, written by Martin Duberman. And through that, an exchange happened where students from Rufus King High went to Kakana, lived with families there, went to school there, and vice versa. Back in the 60s, Kakana was a fully white town. And I believe they said the only black population was one. It was only one because there was a black child that was adopted. The thing that really surprised me with the exchange was that nothing really happened. The exchange worked. No, there was, like, no big tension. Like, I kept watching the film and being like, okay, when's the climax happening? Like, when is it going to happen, that big thing? Uh, But the experiment showed that people are people, and when you take away all the biases and all the stigmas and just, like, have kids be kids and interact with each other, uh, like, it works. It works. We're all human.
1: And I also think that it makes the point that children and teens, you know, see color as people say, but it's not really differences. Everyone, no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, you can be a part of the group. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think it it shows that when folks get older, um, I think a lot of times that's where you see some of those biases really come into play, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes the point that you got to keep that young mind. You got to keep that, keep an open mind that yeah. just cause you're different doesn't necessarily mean
0: you're wrong. But even how brave these 16 17 year old kids were going somewhere so far and different and this was in the 60s no there was no like cell phones or internet and such and it it could have potentially been dangerous and later on 50 years later in 2016 rufus king high did the play again for the first time in 50 years and to see the kids turn into adults uh from the 60s and reunite was just so wholesome But Kim, you interviewed the director, Joanne Williams, for Hyphen. Coming up next, you will hear a snippet of that exclusive interview and more about our transformational experiences with Cultures and Communities Festival.
1: Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today.
0: The Cultures and Communities Festival brings something incredibly brilliant of traditionally marginalized communities are at the forefront. Their voices are being heard, their stories are being told. And one of the stories was a Wisconsin story, The Exchange, in white America, Kakana and King 50 years later. We talked a little bit about that film before the break, but Kim Shine from Hyphen did an exclusive interview with director Joanne Williams, and here's a little snippet of that.
1: This film itself is cross-generational. It's also dealing with race as an issue. What are you hoping that, I guess, younger folks see if they come and watch this film? Well,
2: depends on how you define younger. (laughs) I would say... Most people are younger That's than I long. am. Yeah, so, <laughs> high school, months it's like a year before you. <laughs> I hope the the audience sees that uh, this was a something that happened in Wisconsin mm-hmm. that um, it was an experiment, and it was a successful experiment, and it dealt with high school students, um, and that high school students participating in some sort of Experience like this uh, can make a difference, a positive difference, because the kids who were the original exchange students 55 years ago said that it was something that stayed with them all this time. It changed their life. And the kids who were in the play in 2016 uh, were very moved by their participation and by what they um, what they performed in the play they didn't get the experience of the exchange um because that wasn't uh, organized mm-hmm. but they got the experience of of going up to Kakanaa and meeting people there and the kids uh in the diversity club at Kakana got to meet people from Milwaukee that they would not have met before had it not been for the play and for the film because before I started the film I uh, The only people who knew about the exchange were the people who were in it, and most other people didn't even know about it. So I want um, audiences of all ages to know that through art, you can express things that you can't express other ways. And you can have discussions about difficult subjects through art, which includes film and theater so that after people watch my film they can uh talk to people that they may not have talked to before
1: so from the trailer i actually my one of my questions after looking at it was whose idea was this and how did they even get this to happen in that time Because I had to, at first, I didn't even know Kakana. I was, I just, I thought it was a school. I'm not from Milwaukee. So I thought it was a school because King obviously is. And I was like, okay, well, maybe it's a local school in Milwaukee that I haven't heard of yet. But then I Googled the city, saw where it was. Like, even today, like, how did did this
2: happen, you know? Well, it all happened because a, a social studies teacher at Kakana High School named Tom Schaefer wanted his kids to have a broader view of the world. And he believed that uh, learning involved more than just reading things in books. And he believed that you have to uh, learn about other people, not just the people in your community. So he found this play, and he decided that this would be a way for people to learn about each other. The only problem was in Kakana
0: their demographic...
2: Well, they're demographically challenged. They couldn't have the exchange. So they worked with another teacher in Kakauna, Bernie Huppertz, and a teacher at Rufus King, Ruth Thomas, who was a black woman. And they came up with this exchange using the play as the reason for the exchange. And it wasn't just a a short exchange. I mean, they, they lived in each other's homes for a month. For a month, okay. And then they came back down here and they lived in each other's homes for a month. So this, is, this exchange happened, lasted two months in February and March of 1966. Wow. So that's, that's how it all started. That's how the exchange started. Were you part of it? I was not part of the exchange. I knew that. Okay. But I sang in the chorus for the play, which I hadn't remembered but i'd never seen the play because the chorus always sang off stage so i hadn't i'd never seen the play wow. but i knew about it and it just and it turns out that um, i was sort of part of it because there was a party given at my house for the exchange students that i didn't remember until i was told about it by one of the exchange students mothers who said, oh yeah, we came to your house and we had a party. Wow. And I said, you did? <laughs> and that's when I discovered that these three Polaroid pictures I had from 1966 with people in them that I didn't recognize, I found out who the people in those pictures were. They were the kids from Kukana. Wow! Okay. I didn't know that until I did research into the film
0: is so brilliant she started off her career in television uh, and is retired now but she was a reporter and it was just so cool for me to interact with her after the film and see how different storytelling can take place rather with short form on television and via documentary you can listen to that full interview on hyphen.org you know and speaking about local filmmaking Kim you saw another local film when Claude got shot how was that for you? So when Claude got shot, it's about Claude
1: Motley. He used to live here, came back for his high school reunion, and he was shot during an attempted carjacking by a 15-year-old. Now, the film, it's a great documentary, and it just goes through his whole recovery process, which that's that's one thing, and that's probably the most... Prevalent, the most present thing that people talk about is what happens to the victim right after. But it also dives deep into the financial aspects of that, like how long his how long he has to pay for these medical bills that not even his fault. Um, so insurance battles, and then the young man who shot him did another attempted carjacking, and he himself was shot. Mm. And so, in the film, you end up seeing the connection between Claude and this young kid. And the relationship that the two of them actually start because of this, and it's just very powerful. One of the producers they say, "Violence, gun violence, goes beyond just that bullet,"
0: mm. and you really get that in this film. Ugh, that's a powerful, powerful quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had another powerful moment opening night with the Rosa Park story.
1: Yes, yeah, so for opening night, they uh, did the Rosa Park story, and I absolutely love that film because many of us pretty much no Rosa Parks for the for the bus incident you know but this movie went beyond that and you saw just her entire fight for civil rights from When the bus incident happened all the way to when she passed in 2005, you know, you saw her leaving um, the South and going to Detroit and still continuing to work with uh, civil rights leaders and continuing to just fight for justice overall. And you also got to see how how she was treated throughout this Mm -hmm. and how it impacted her health and her family. And I don't know, it was just a more personal story than I had ever heard about Rosa Parks. And I think that everybody should see that, whether you know her story, whether you don't, whether you care about civil rights or not, this is just someone who was a part of a movement that made a difference, and Mm -hmm. you get to see that.
0: You know, it's it's so wild to me when someone does become kind of an icon or mm-hmm. a figure in history and they just kind of get diminished for that one moment. And that's Even exactly me. what the film yeah. really was about, getting stuck in that moment. Another really cool thing that the Cultures and Communities feature is they take a topic. In this case, it goes around the civil rights movement. And they also have double features for our audience that maybe want to take on a story a little short form. They do two shorter documentaries back to back where they're roughly around 40 minutes long and they circle around a common theme. In this case, political activism. One of them was called Takeover. Takeover was
1: about the Young Lords and their nineteen seventies takeover of Lincoln Hospital in the South Bronx in New York. Uh, just really tragic health conditions there, and they called the hospital a butcher shop because people would go in there with an issue, and a lot of times they would not come out.
0: Mm.
1: One of the uh, one of the lines in the movie was that. One person, I guess, went in for um, a kidney surgery, and I think their right kidney was supposed to be taken away, and it was their left. Ugh, So it horrible. was just a, a lot going on. So they took over the hospital, and eventually a new hospital was built, but that community in, in itself,
0: even so many years later, still has troubles. Right. I mean, the, the generational trauma from that. You even think mm-hmm. about how... Till this day, when you do go to the, the hospital or to go to the doctor, you're not really taken seriously. The other
1: one was American Justice on Trial. And that one went through the story of Black Panther's founder, Huey P. Newton, and his murder trial um, in Oakland. Basically, he was stopped by an officer. An officer died. And he went to trial for this. And he, if he would have gotten first-degree murder, he would have been executed. Mm. So it goes through how his attorney was very, very intentional when trying to select the jury. Because back then, mostly white men were on juries and that's not your peers, you Mm -hmm. know? So through his trial, one of the first ones, if not the first to have such a diverse trial uh, jury with men and women. And also it was the first time that a black foreman was of the jury. Jury Foreman is usually the one who leads the the jury in terms of, hey, how are we going to dialogue this? How are we going to decide? And also the foreman is the person who reads the verdict. Mm. So that in itself, I did not know much about Huey's story beyond the fact that he was part of the Black Panthers. So those two short films, very impactful, just about civil justice and civil rights. And also about what Joanne said to kind of take her words like the time is now. If you feel
0: injustice,
1: you have to speak up.
0: Yeah, and all it takes sometimes is just that one voice. What was your big takeaway with this festival?
1: Again, I love Milwaukee film. I love Black Lens even more. <laughs> um, but my my biggest takeaway from this is just being inspired. Being inspired to know that the fight continues no matter what type of fight it is if it's a personal fight if it's societal just you can make a difference and if you do you know you'll get a a documentary about (laughs) about your fight and hopefully that inspires someone else to um, yeah to make sure that people in this world, we're all human beings, and to make sure that we're all treated fairly no matter where we come from or no matter what we can offer, that we're all at least treated humanely.
0: Ugh, I love that. Yeah. Great takeaway. Mine uh, really was that there is community here. There's culture here. And sometimes, you know, I get faulted doing the same thing over and over But with programs like this, it really helps you step out of your element. And, you know, I went to all my events alone and I still felt like I was part of the community and welcomed in all these different spaces. If
1: you go to an event like this, you could find someone's completely different from you. You know, the two of you link on this common thread and then yeah, that's a barrier.
0: That has been broken, right? And I I gotta give props to the people behind uh, Communities and Cultures Festival on KU Film for allowing the festival to be beyond just the movies. Mm -hmm. That way, when if people didn't know that these spaces existed in different types of communities, have that bridge to break those barriers. The 2022 Cultures and Communities Festival is over, but our community is still alive and well. And if you still want more content from the festival, head over to hyphen.org for those exclusive long-form content from our hyphen team. I'm your host, Salam Fatayir. Thank you, Denae Imig, our executive producer. Kenny Perez, our audio engineer. Thank you for our marketing team led by Sarah Lar. Graphics and our wonderful logo is made by Erin Bagada. And Dan Ryder handles our social media accounts. And a big special thank you to our city-loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. Tune in next Monday for our next episode.